This morning, God's Word comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 23. Luke 23, we're going to begin our reading at verse 35 and then read through verse 43 of this chapter. Luke 23, beginning at verse 35, what we hear now is God's word. And the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, we are in the season of Lent, the season where we look forward to the celebration of Jesus' resurrection on Easter morning. To help to remind us of that, to prepare us for that, we are looking at Jesus' seven last words that he spoke from the cross. Last week, we looked at that word of forgiveness. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. A prayer that God would bring these people that they might recognize what they had done, know what they had done, and repent from what they had done, and therefore be forgiven by God. This morning, we come to the second word from the cross, where Jesus says, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. It is a word of assurance, it is a word of hope, it is a word of promise. A word of promise spoken to one who was there with Jesus on that crucifixion day, spoken to one who was being crucified along with him. And as this word gave hope and promise uh, to that man, so it does for us today as well. You recall the scene. Jesus is being crucified, and there are two men crucified along with him. Two criminals. Two who find themselves in the same situation, being condemned to death. The first criminal will speak to Jesus. The first criminal really joins along with the crowd, joins along with those who were mocking Jesus. 
We read that the crowd was there and the rulers scoffed at him, the soldiers mocked him, and this man goes along with the crowd. Verse 39, one of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, joins in mocking Jesus as he hangs there. And he says to him, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. That is this man's request. Save yourself and us. But it is a request not spoken in faith. It is a request that is very self-serving. Perhaps he had heard some of the charges against Jesus, perhaps even some of the trial that Jesus underwent. And they kept calling out to him, now save yourself, save yourself. If you're the Christ, save yourself. And to him, that sounds pretty good. He's there hanging on a cross. If this man is who he says he is, then perhaps Jesus could save him as well. Take him off the cross. And so he says, are you not the Christ? Aren't you who you say you are? If you are, then save yourself and save me too. It's a very self-serving request, spoken not in faith, but spoken simply for the man's own self-interest. That was his request to Jesus on the cross. If you are who you say you are, then let me get a part of that and help me get down from this cross. There was a second criminal. A second man who found himself in the same situation. He also was hanging on a cross like the first. His death also impending, his death also imminent. And he will speak to Jesus. But he brings a very different request that will occasion this second word from the cross. What does the second man say? Verse 40. But the other, the second man, rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation, and we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward for our deeds. He begins by rebuking the one who would mock Jesus and then acknowledge his own guilt. He says, we are here under the same sentence and we deserve it. We are here justly for the crimes that we have committed. This man acknowledges confesses he is getting exactly what he deserves. And he says, we are indeed here justly receiving the due rewards for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. And in saying those words, declaring Jesus' innocence, this man speaks far more than he himself would know. He, again, uh, uh, also perhaps had served, uh, heard some of the trial, knowing that this was a, 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 a false uh, sentence. 
He, he knew Jesus had not committed the crimes they said he had done. That's what he means when he, said, when he says he's done nothing wrong. But he speaks more than he even knows. For Jesus not only had done nothing wrong to deserve the sentence he was receiving, he had never done anything wrong. In his words, he confesses Jesus' innocence and his perfection. Jesus came and his entire life never violated the law of God. Jesus lived his entire life here on earth perfect, without sin, completely innocent of any guilt. This is the one who is hanging on the cross between these two criminals. This is the one to whom this second criminal will speak. To Jesus Christ, the perfect Son of God. And so he makes his request, verse 42. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And I always find it striking that he doesn't say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, take me down from the cross. That was the first man's uh, request. Hey, I want to get out of this situation. Get me out of here. Take me down. If you can do it, take me with you. This man doesn't say that. Doesn't say, take me down from the cross. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. When he says, remember, he's, he's talking about more than just recalling. But to remember, to remember for the Jewish mind was to remember for good. To remember for a blessing. We think about uh, how, the story of Noah. Remember the story of Noah, kids? How God puts Noah in the ark and shuts the door and the rains come down. And Genesis 8 tells us, and God remembered Noah. More than just called him to mind. God remembered him for his good to bless him. We looked a couple weeks ago at the story of Joseph. Joseph who told uh, the dreams of those two men when he was in prison. And what did he tell those men? When you get out, remember me. Not, not just call me to mind, but remember for my good, for a blessing. This man calls out, Jesus, remember me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. This man was not looking to get off the cross that day. This man was looking off to the future. Jesus... When you come and your kingdom comes sometime off in the distance, sometime off in the future, when that happens in that day, then please remember me as well. Remember me for good. Remember me and care for me. He's looking off to the future. That's his request. And Jesus 
Jesus speaks this wonderful word of promise that gives the man so much more than he asked for. Verse 43, and he said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. This man was looking off for the future, what Jesus might do for him someday later. And Jesus' answer is much more immediate. No, today. Today I will remember you. Today you will be cared for. In spite of how things look. In spite of the fact that all three of us are hanging here on the cross. I have heard your request And I will remember you, but not just off in the future sometime. I will remember you today. And he uses this this, uh, oath formula. Truly I say to you, this is my word. This is my promise. This is my assurance to you that I will not forget, but that I will remember. The assurance, even knowing what was to come, That crucifixion, that death, were imminent. But today, I promise, I will remember you. He doesn't put the man off to another day. He doesn't make him wait for something in the future. And God continues to act in the same way way for us today when we turn to God and acknowledge our own sin I'm under the condemnation justly and acknowledge the perfection of Jesus Christ and say Lord God for his sake remember me God doesn't say you know I'll get back to you later about that Maybe sometime in the future I'll, I'll consider you, but, but, but not right now. No, when we call out to God, He hears our prayer today. We read earlier from Psalm 28, I called to the Lord and He answered me. He didn't make me wait. He didn't put me off. He didn't say sometime later. You can have the fullness of the promise that your sins are forgiven, that you'll be with me. No, today, today I make this promise. Today I give you this word. He doesn't doesn't question that Jesus is able to do this. He doesn't say, if you come into your kingdom, remember me. When you come into your kingdom. It is a word spoken in faith. A word spoken that that Jesus would be able to do what he asked him to do. Remember me when you come in your kingdom. And Jesus answers, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that God continues to hear the cries of his people. If you are here today and have never have never acknowledged your own sin, have never acknowledged the perfection of Christ, 
then, then I have the most wonderful news. If you do that today, you will have the word of promise, the word of assurance given to you now. Not simply that, that sometime later God might hear you, but he hears us when we call today. And for the sake of Jesus Christ, for the sake of his perfection, his perfect sacrifice, he hears and he does answer. And all our sins are washed away today. God doesn't make us wait. Jesus, as I said, gives this man even more than he asks for. More than he asks for temporally, that it's not something in the future, I'll give it to you now. This word of promise, today you will be with me. And what does he say? Today you will be with me. The man had simply asked that Jesus would remember him. Someday, Lord, when you come in your kingdom, just, just remember me. Let me know that, 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 that I was there with you. Jesus says, today you will be with me. He's given much more than he asked for. He has given the promise of, of Jesus' personal presence. And, and isn't that truly the glory of heaven? That we are in the presence of our God. The man just wanted to be remembered. <laughs> just don't forget who I am. And Jesus says it's much more than that. You will be there with me. The, the promise of Jesus' personal presence today in paradise. We just sang together from Psalm 23, a psalm that I know is a favorite of many of you, a psalm that is a wonderful comfort and, uh, and assurance to us. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that's what's going on right here. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. That wonderful word of comfort, that word of assurance, that God would be with this man today, be with me in paradise. And that same, that same promise is given to us. Oh, Jesus is no longer here. He's gone back to heaven. But Jesus has sent his, his spirit to dwell in the midst of his people. And we are those who now are with God. We are with him by the power of his spirit. And, and that blessing, that assurance, that promise that God will never leave us, he will never forsake us, we will be with him in eternity, and we will be with him now. God with us. That's the blessing of, of this word of promise. Uh, last time, the blessing of the forgiveness of sins. What a wonderful truth that was. This time, not only forgiveness, but, but being in the presence of God. You will be with me 
in paradise today. Yes, this is a word of hope, a word of comfort for the future. For those who are in Christ Jesus, we have every hope, every confidence that when God takes us from this life, we will continue to be with Him and will live with Him forever in the joys of His kingdom in paradise. It is a word that speaks to the future. But God doesn't make us wait. It is a word that encourages us still today. Even even when going through times of trial and times of difficulty. Again, this story we've perhaps heard so many times, some of these things fail to strike us. This man, this second criminal, was still crucified that day. He was not taken out of the trial he was in. But he went through that trial now with the knowledge that Jesus was with him. We do not preach a health and wealth gospel that if you just believe in Jesus, everything's going to be fine. Your life is going to be great. You're never going to have a problem. That is not the gospel. Bad things still happen to good people, to twist a phrase. And yet when we go through through those trials, those difficulties, even those tragedies, we go through them with the assurance that Jesus is still with us by the power of his Holy Spirit. He gives us that word of assurance He gives us that word of blessing. He gives us that word of promise. If if you're going through a trial right now, a difficulty, perhaps, perhaps known only to you, you haven't shared it with anyone but God, He knows what you are going through. And He is going through it with you. This man would still be crucified, and so would Jesus. He would go through the trial with him. The promise of Jesus' personal presence. The story of the thief on the cross is a wonderful word of promise and a wonderful word of hope, particularly for those who perhaps have led a life away from the Lord. It's a wonderful word of hope and comfort and promise if we have led our lives in a way that has been displeasing to God. This is a word that that yet there is hope. Look at the thief on the cross. In the last hours of his life, he was given the assurance of an eternity with God. It is a wonderful story of hope. But the thief on the cross is not a paradigm for salvation. We we may not bank on the fact that we can live our lives however we want and then in the last hour or so turn to God. 
Were it not for God's electing love and His good providence, this man would have been crucified on a different day next to different criminals and never known Jesus. The thief on the cross is not a paradigm for salvation. The call of the gospel is today. Today you'll be with me if you believe. Don't don't put off embracing Jesus Christ. Don't put off embracing what he has done. Don't say, I'm going to be the thief on the cross. I'm going to live my life however I want. And in that last hour, then I'll turn to God. We don't know the day, the hour, the circumstance of our own death. No, God calls us today to put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. Don't wait. Don't put it off. Don't say, later I'll get around to to the God stuff. No, today is the day of salvation. Today, God's word comes to us with this wonderful word of promise. For all who acknowledge their own sin, we are condemned justly. For all who recognize Christ's perfection, this man has done nothing wrong. For all who call out, Jesus, remember me. I have a wonderful word from the Lord for you. That you will be with God in the future and today. And he will go with you through whatever trial it may be. We may still go through the crucifixion, We still go through the trial, but God goes through with us. A word of hope, a word of assurance, a word of promise. Truly I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we thank you for the comfort of your holy word. We thank you for these words which Jesus spoke from the cross that were spoken to those around him but that are spoken to us as well. Lord God, if there are those here who have never acknowledged Jesus Christ, we pray that today might be the day of salvation for them. Move our hearts to confess our need for Jesus Christ and to hear your wonderful word of promise. And in all of this, O Lord, we pray that you would bring glory unto yourself and glory to Jesus Christ. It is in his name that we pray. Amen. We're going to turn together to number 330. Number 330, one of the new songs about the life and death of Christ in the Trinity Psalter. Who is this so weak and helpless, child of lowly Hebrew maid, Rudely in a stable sheltered, coldly in a manger laid. Tis the Lord of all creation who this wondrous path has trod. He is God from everlasting and to everlasting God. Who is this that hangs there dying while the rude world scoffs and scorns, numbered with the malefactors, torn with nails and crowned with thorns? Tis our God who lives forever 
mid the shining ones on high, in the glorious golden city reigning everlastingly. The first two lines musically repeat themselves. The fourth line echoes that as well. We're going to sing all four verses of 330. Let's stand together as we sing. Thank you. 